the Neon Confidential Podcast. Is this thing on? <laughs> okay, y'all, welcome back. So as you can tell, I am recovering from losing my voice, and I'm so glad that I was able to get this conversation with Tess before I sounded like this. So today we have professional model Tess Anique Saray on the podcast. She's been in Maxim Magazine, has walked several times on runway shows across the globe, including LA Fashion Week and Miami Swim Week, and she's been in countless publications for top clothing and swimwear brands. She's a certified health and wellness coach and is an overall icon in my opinion. Not only is she stunning physically, but her kindness matches her beauty. We talk about her now five-year sobriety, congratulations Tess, recognizing coping mechanisms, the benefits of being sober, meeting her husband in rehab, for real, their unconventional and viral wedding, and some juicy details around influencer and brand relations that you do not want to miss out on. Please welcome Tess to the Neon Confidential Podcast. Tess Anique Saray is a model, actress, digital creator, and founder of Wellness with Tess. Known for her work with Maxim Magazine, LA Fashion Week, and Miami Swim Week, Tess started her career in fashion at age 15 when she was scouted by Elite Model Management. But she's beauty and brains and also received her BBA in marketing and fashion media from Southern Methodist University and went on to study plant-based nutrition at Cornell University, which she is certified in and as such became a certified health and wellness coach, encouraging a life of intention for her clients and followers. Tess, welcome to Neon Confidential. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad that you made it. Um, let's dive right in. Okay. Um, I want to know how your health and wellness journey started. I know that you have such an interesting story. And when we went to lunch, my jaw was like a gape <laughs> the entire time. I mean, that plus we were at Esther's Kitchen, so it was also oh a gape. We it was ordered, so good. We ordered so much food. Like five pizzas. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, tell me about your health and wellness while we just like ordered five One pizza at Esther's. We didn't have a table. I'm like, we had some salads also. But yeah, how did your health and wellness journey start? I think a huge part of that has been my sobriety because I got sober when I was 24 years old. Um, And with that, you just become almost like addicted to feeling your best. Mm -hmm. And it just opened up such a new world for me on like how to take care of yourself mentally, emotionally, physically. And that really just all tied in together. I've always been active, like I played sports growing up, but it wasn't the same because once I made the decision to live a sober life and like I was going to do everything I can to be the best version of myself, that's what really started jump kicking. Like, okay, what can I do? How can I feel my best? Is there something that I'm missing? Um, And it just really opened this whole new world for me, which I've just absolutely loved. Mm -hmm. And so you felt like when you got sober that like you had more mental clarity and like that kind of just like jump started everything it's crazy because it took about six months for me to physically see the difference on my body wow like i feel like i woke up after six months of sobriety and i saw that like my face was not bloated i just felt like someone had pricked me with a pin and like all the bloat and puffiness went away wow but it took six months and i was still like going to the gym and being active and going on hikes um and always eating healthy like, you know, not anything crazy, but it was something that over time you start seeing these results and these changes and then that becomes a new addiction. You're like, I feel so good mentally. You don't have like that brain fog. You're never hung over. It's amazing how you can feel your best at like Saturday morning at eight o'clock when you're not hung over and everyone else is like, you know, just drained, absolutely exhausted. It's it feels a game like a changer. Super, it's a superpower. 
Totally. Um, and so did you just quit cold Turkey? Like what happened to the point when you were like, this is impacting my life in ways that it shouldn't be. And and this isn't for me. Like, how did that happen? So there's like a long road to that journey. There's like this little saying in the program where like first drinking is fun and then it's like fun with problems and then you're just left with problems. So it took like a little bit of time for me to get to that stage of it was just problems and like such a mess. So I did end up going to treatment but I didn't believe like that I was an alcoholic. I went because I was so depressed and I was so sad. And they're like, we're going to put you on addiction track one. I was just about to ask that because I'm like, you're young now. So you had to have been, how old were you when you I went to I was 24. Treatment? So now I'm 29. So you went when you were 24. 23. That's yeah. so hard too, because I feel like when everyone's that age, you're drinking and having fun. Like what it's you'd everywhere. been legal for, not that everybody waits till they're 21. I think I started drinking right. alcohol when I was like 16 or 17. <laughs> But yeah, it's hard to be like, this is an issue when everyone's just young and fun and doing, making dumb decisions. Right. So it's like the culture, right? Especially going to college in the South or in Texas, that's just what everyone was doing. Mm-hmm. And so I realized my habits were different because I was actually living in a sorority house and like people weren't doing the same things as me. And I started picking up on that. And so I did start going to therapy um, because I was living on campus the school actually mandated that I had to go to therapy and drug and alcohol counseling. No way. So they can do that if you live on their campus. Because you got in like trouble first? Well, or not trouble. They were just concerned because, Ugh. you know, you're in a sorority house with like 45 other girls and they see what's happening. And then there's like a house mom and she's concerned. And so it's like when you're the outlier, it becomes very obvious. Wow. And I was going through a lot of turmoil um, in my personal life with my family, my extended family. So that just felt like a very isolating time for me. But it took like six more months and then I graduated and moved to LA. And then of course it was like zero to hundred really quick. And then six months later I ended up in treatment, but by choice, because I knew that I couldn't be worse off like 30 days later, I'd be better off. And so it almost made me like excited to go, which is like a really weird thing. I'm pretty sure like the guy who was picking me up from the airport to bring me to treatment, they have like a driver service. And I'm pretty sure he thought I was like still high or something (laughs) because he's like, why are you so happy? I'm like, well, there's no way I'm leaving here worse than I'm coming in. I love that. So you like already went in with a, with a positive mindset worse than this. I'm like, I feel so awful, but I didn't even correlated it to drinking we're using. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like you just thought maybe like the drinking and drug use or whatever was a coping mechanism for the issues that exactly. were already happening. And it probably was, but you probably were more focused on like the, the depression as like a byproduct, not like the addiction as a byproduct. Exactly. That's a wow. great way to put it. And I was so, um, I was like, everyone around me is doing it. And so when I went there, I went for what I thought was like trauma, depression, and anxiety. Right. And then they give me like a whole rap sheet of things. And like, we're gonna put you on addiction track one. And this was a wonderful treatment center, you know, one of the best in the country. And I'm like, you guys have no idea what you're talking about. Like if I need, if I'm like an addict, that means that you have to get every other 20 something in LA. And they're like, well, we're not really worried about them. We're worried about you. And so that was kind of like a very jarring reality, but it took me almost a year, a little shy of a year for me to actually believe that myself. Was there like a, a point or did someone say something when you were like, oh shit, I have, a, I have a problem. I realized when life got hard again and my like coping mechanisms were the exact same, that that was the truth. Right. That I was like, when life got hard, when shit hit the fan, when something bad happened, then I went for the exact same thing. Like, how do I get a quick fix to make myself feel better? And that's when I was like, oh shit, you know, like this is actually the truth. Was it an inpatient um, Yeah, it was facility? 30 days in Arizona. Dang. 
Yeah. It's and wild. So, and so is there other people from LA that were there or people just were from people all from over? All over, which is so interesting because it almost feels like you're back in school again. Like you get a little schedule, you get like, you know, nine to three, you have one hour classes, like grief 101, trauma 101. Like wow. you have every, I had, I think three times a week, um, sessions with my therapist. You had eating, like you had a whole mix of things based on what was relevant in your life. Um, and you meet just so many interesting people and their stories, which is just like, it's crazy. I wish everyone could experience it because it's so interesting. That's what I was going to say. Like, would you recommend like rehab? Obviously it's not like a vacation or something. No. You're like, everyone should no. go to rehab because that was kind of the case for a little bit. Like when all the celebrities were going, it became right. this like something that was like in, but it doesn't matter. It's like, if you need help, like you would recommend that, like you'd think a 30 day, I mean, I'm sure everyone's different, but like sure. that was life changing for you. I learned so much. I learned more in those 30 days than I have ever in my like academic, you know, wow. career in regards to who I was as a person. And I never, they never teach you that. They never teach you how to communicate effectively or like how to, you know, truly handle your emotions or like how to solve a problem totally they don't, you know they don't teach you that that's totally right which is like by the grace of god like programs like aa that are totally free or like na whatever program that you might find yourself fitting into they actually tr like give you a book on say like just follow these rules follow these steps and you will live a great life and you find you found that to be accurate a hundred percent it's crazy so what are some of the things that were in there because i i find that too like i am a problem solver my brain is just wired that way like if right. there's something wrong i want to fix it and i have like three different solutions and like a choose your own adventure thing for <laughs> yes. like issues but that's just how my totally. brain works so when other people are stuck or they again like turn to things that are I, like i don't have an addictive personality um right. But I, I can see that when people's brains aren't wired that way, that things can feel really hopeless, you know, and they don't know how to come up with solutions for problem solving. So yeah. like, what were some of the tips that they kind of line itemed out? Well, one of the things I used to do is like when something would go really badly, I used to automatically like have to go out and put on the fake persona of I got this, everything's fine. Like I'm having fun. I'm having a great time. It's all, you know, peaches, ponies, and rainbows. That was like my go-to. I could make it look like I was never struggling. So being able to like voice my truth and just say like, I'm actually not okay right now. I need some time. Um, and speaking about things that are important to me and like facing them head on. Cause I, basically what I've learned is like the only way through is through, right. right? You can't cut corners. It's like, if you're in it, you're in it. And you just kind of got to put your head down, do the work and go through it. Yep. And so that's become a vital part um, of my recovery now, my active recovery. So if that's something like talking to my therapist, going on a meeting, being of service, doing things, I find when you're not in so tune with yourself, like me, 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 and you're able to help other people helps me get out of that headspace of, oh shit. Right. When something happens. That's true. Cause I feel like most people that have issues, like what you'd look at depression as, is something's wrong and then people kind of like recede into themselves exactly um not that the that the adverse is a way of coping with it too where you're just like distracting right. yourself totally you know and i could do both like i could be totally reclusive or i'd be like reclusive but out you know mm -hmm. i'd be like i find new friends and just like go out with some people that didn't know anything about me i wouldn't have to explain myself mm -hmm. but like they just wanted to have fun and hang out and party all night and so it was like great new friends they don't know anything about me this takes the heat off and I'm still out. So then when you got left rehab, so 30 days and right. then you're in Arizona and then you get zapped back into LA. So there's different ways that? they do it. But one, the route that I did was this thing called 
basically sober living and IOP, which is intensive outpatient, which is basically like you're still going to quote unquote rehab or treatment during the day, but then you're going back home either to like sober living or your arrangements wherever you live Mm -hmm. um, at night. So it's like you're kind of progressing back into real life. Um, And so I ended up doing, I think, sober living for two weeks. And then I ended up doing like intensive outpatient for six months, which is just a lot of therapy, essentially. Um, I had never really done therapy. And then you're also doing group therapy, individual therapy, like so many different kinds. Love therapy, by the way. All the kinds. Like EMDR, like they're giving you everything. everything What's EMDR? With the light to see the memories that kind of come back. Whoa. And did that, was that like effective for you? I've never done that before. That one, not so much. Um, but there are so many different types that work really well for other people. It's just kind of like a personal, you got to try them all, you know, and see maybe one works better right. for you than another one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I never had the opportunity to take like a chunk of my life and be like, I'm going to focus this time to myself and figuring out what makes me tick. Why am I this way? And kind of breaking it back down. There's a lot of learning, but there's also a lot of unlearning, like unlearning your bad habits and, you know things that you might be carrying on from previous generations. Our parents do the best we can, but they also only know what they know. That's right. So there was, I feel like now, especially there's so much learning, especially for our generation of people just being more cognizant and more aware of, they want to know who they are. Yep. And I can see that shift happening in society like in general also, but yeah, I I think that that's like the main thing, right? Our parents just fuck us up and they don't know that they're doing that because it's the only way that they know. Right. So it's like really breaking that cycle. And I do believe the only way of doing that is going to therapy and doing the work yourself, doing the work yourself. Some people, you know, go off and they want to do ayahuasca in the jungle or whatever. But I think like what's actually more difficult is like being sober and going to therapy and like really being like at a a place with those emotions that you're able to like soberly navigate them and navigate through them like you said sure it's so so crazy just to be able to sit with yourself like at first that was so uncomfortable for me like just being with who you are that concept was just so crazy and something i couldn't yeah i mean especially in places like la or vegas where everyone's just like go 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 and like drinking is normal it probably was very like the juxtaposition of just like sitting and being still is like very scary for for a lot of people because when we first moved from la to vegas i was like what do my husband's also sober i was like why do two sober people need to live here right i had no (laughs) idea that las vegas could also be other things besides the strip because anytime i'd come here I don't even think I saw outside, right? You're just like in casinos and bars, restaurants, clubs, whatever. And that was my perception of it, but I couldn't have been more wrong. So how did you and your husband Sheldon meet? So we actually did meet in treatment, which is such a crazy way to meet someone because we were just friends, but he was in the same process group as me. And we had like quote unquote classes like grief group and addiction. And so we were learning the same things. We're learning the same language. And we had found out that we had mutual friends in other cities because he had played hockey in every um, city that I had lived in in North America. Oh my God. So we knew people in Dallas and he had been in New Jersey. I was in New York and then he retired in Anaheim and I'm from Newport. So it's like we kind of geographically have been in the same places. Crazy. Which is wild. So it's like, you know, we kind of like had that connection right off the bat. And we both had our own avenues to sobriety um we just met in treatment and then i think six months later we reconnected and when that happened we were able to really get to know each other like one-on-one on on a personal level and also end up 
actually both getting sober around the same time independently but then coming together which right is like i wonder if like how often that happens where people meet in treatment because it's almost like you have a built-in like support person also but also but then you're probably also not like focused on meeting somebody in rehab like you're really right. probably focused on yourself i so. mean nothing happened in treatment it's crazy because you there's like men's and women's dorms you know what i mean like i was in the girl dorm it's like you have these um things called rasks which are people that like follow you around like from class to class oh my like, god just to make sure that everyone's like safe and everything's fine mm-hmm. you know because you're dealing with kind of a lot of like high risk quote unquote people got it um and so they just want to make sure everything's fine but it's like you're a camp counselor babysitting you like people are around 24 7 they know where you are you check in at every class you check out it's there's no questions of where you are everyone knows where you are at every single hour of the day and so it's been crazy to be on that journey with him because we both we met at rock bottom Mm -hmm. and so to have that growth together and individually has been crazy but i know it's something like i could not do without and i know how important for me it is to have a sober relationship like i could never date a normal person you know what i mean totally like what am i going to go out to omnia at two in the morning absolutely not right and so to have someone on that same brainwave as you is just so nice i think that in general too like i've even been on well i went on like one date with somebody who's sober and like you know, I have an alcoholic father. And so it's important for me that someone like doesn't abuse alcohol, but also like I'm in PR and there's just drinks and there's things that are like, you're super social. Yeah. And I want somebody who's just responsible with alcohol. So there's like, I think there's a fine line for everyone for like what works best for you. So that makes sense that you needed somebody sober. And that's so wild that y'all met in rehab i know it was honestly like it's i always say it to him it's like god's gift because we would have never met and our worlds would have never collided otherwise um but it's just been such a blessing to be able to have that and like you said it's like when you know what you need it just works it just works yeah and so you guys connected six weeks later and y'all were living in two different cities six months later yeah six months so um he was in between vegas and idaho he had a summer house there i was still in la living there all the time and then he invited me to come visit him in idaho i think it was labor day weekend Mm -hmm. um and so i went up there still just friends we were friends like solid friends for like nine ten months before anything happened wow like he was my ride or die best friend wow just because we had both gone through such intense stuff definitely um and so that really brings you together and then trying to navigate that with sobriety is crazy he ended up moving back to la and we went to 90 meetings in 90 days together which is crazy so he would literally pick me up from my apartment um we'd go to a meeting and then we'd go to dinner and then he dropped me off for 90 days this is like the beginning of our relationship which is basically like an hour of couples therapy but group therapy totally right like there's prayer in it you're hearing people's stories like it's emotional it's intense like you're trying to better yourself and then we'd go and have dinner after or meet with friends that were also in the program so it was such a beautiful way to meet somebody and like truly get to know them for who they are. I feel like everyone should meet like that. Honestly, it's a trend. <laughs> you really, I'm sure you just get to know exactly who somebody is and there's like no pressure to be romantic and you guys are just like going to grab a bite to eat after and you're, but exactly. after you just connected on this insanely, you know, deep level. Yeah. Wow. And so how long did y'all date before you got married? Because for anyone who doesn't follow Tess, which you should, like <laughs> their wedding photos are like the wedding photos was heard around the world who what was the it was the cover of which magazine it was in brides in brides magazine of course 
course it was. Like literally all like the aisle is the most gorgeous aisle I've ever seen. Were they like white? They were like long stem white roses. What, yeah, what? it was oh crazy. God. It was unbelievable. It was the most actually what was crazy is that the weekend that I went up to Idaho for the first time to reconnect with him was Labor Day weekend. Or sorry, it was the weekend after. And we ended up getting married four years to that weekend. That's a that's that a good amount time. of time too. Yeah. Like I you mean, guys there was a were lot sure. Of life. Right. There was like so much life that happened in between those four years because he had been married previously and of course he has two kids that are fifteen and eighteen. So there's a lot of responsibility. It's not just like, hey, I want to hang out with you, like let's have fun. Right. Totally. It's like there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that and there's been a lot of growth, but for us to get to that point, we had to go through so many hoops and so many barriers. Um, and it just kind of proved that we were just so much stronger together. And so it was all, it was such an easy decision. Mm-hmm. But that wedding weekend was something that was so much fun for both of us. Because it was just like the absolute best weekend with all, all of our closest friends. And I want to do it again. That's so... And you don't really hear that very often. Like people that had get married are like... I don't even remember the ceremony or I don't even remember the rehearsal dinner. I don't even remember the reception because I feel like you want so much for it to be perfect. And there's like so many people that are talking to you and just repeating the same thing. Oh my God, you look so beautiful. So like, what yeah. are some of the things that you feel like caused you to it, to be the perfect day? Like you were just not stressed at all. Okay. So we did things so unconventionally. I'm actually so happy you asked me this. Me too. This is like my most passionate thing for women that are about to get married or whatever. Let's hear it. We got uh, married, the two of us, on a Wednesday at the Little White Chapel in Vegas for $45. So cute. He wore a Hawaiian shirt. I wore a white mini dress, little veil, took his old GTO, unreal. And then went and got sushi after. And like he carried me home like, you know, in the little steps. What's that thing called? I know what you're talking about. about Yeah. When you're like the olden days. Yes. Through the, through the archway. Right. Or whatever. And so we did that and we had the whole night to ourselves. So that felt so special. So it was just you two. No witnesses. I mean, like besides the little white chapel, they had the Elvis or something. (laughs) I think Elvis was too late for him. He had been home already, (laughs) but, um, it was just the two of us. And so that felt so special Wow. because it was just, you know, him and I, I can see that it like takes the pressure off of the big day because you're like, we're already married. Also, right. When you are going to say your vows to someone, it's like so nerve wracking. And so it's just the two of us in the car. Like it literally took 10 minutes. We never got out of the car. We did the drive through. Like I've waited longer in and out for a burger (laughs) and this was $45 and it was just the best because we had that moment and that whole evening to ourselves. We got sushi after and then like, you know, walked around the casino, played some cards. It was just so fun. And so I often feel like weddings, especially wedding weekends, when you're bringing 80 people into, you know, to town, it often gets put into like the production. Like mm-hmm. this is a show. We're putting on an event. And so to have that moment just be about like the two of you, 10 out of 10 recommend. Okay. Like unreal. So first thing that everyone needs to do in the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority <laughs> is going to love this because we're just being like, everyone come get married in Vegas right? before your actual ceremony day because it takes the pressure out. So then it what does. what else did you guys do that was not as conventional? Uh, next, every single wedding faux pas theory that they say. I had no bridesmaids. I I had no I bachelorette party. He didn't have a bachelor party. We had no first dance, which some people were like, what? But we had like a country concert the night before. We had a, a kind of like a show with our friends. And so it was something that we wanted 
that was enough dancing. We were dancing for three hours. So another thing that we did that was kind of super unconventional about our wedding was that we didn't have bachelor or bachelorette parties. A lot of people like love that. That's just not who we are at this stage of our lives. So it was totally unnecessary for us. We didn't even talk about it. We just both didn't have them. Um, it was something that. that we like had, I had zero desire to ever. I'm just like not that kind of girl. Um, another thing was no bridesmaids or groomsmen. Like we didn't really have a wedding party. We did, my sister was my maid of honor, like the one to help me with the bouquet and stuff. And he had his best friend um, that was holding the rings. And so we also, as you saw, like our wedding aisle, we had everyone face almost like a runway, um, face each other. Right. And then it was just the two of us standing at the end when I had seen an image of that, like a wedding like that in Italy, mm -hmm. but it was all these white carnations, but it was, I love never seen like seating like that. And I said, I need to do this. Like I gasped when I saw it. And so that singular photo became the inspo pick. But I knew I wanted white roses because I've always been obsessed with them. Me too. But yeah, it was just striking, like all those striking. things that came together. And and also like talking about the bachelor bachelorette parties, it's like, why do can we just stop? Like and, and also too, like no bridesmaids or groomsmen. People's feelings get hurt. Like period. So much. Right. Who like Who do you invite? Who do you not invite? People have kids that can't and also all my friends live all over mm -hmm. i don't just have friends like in vegas like i have friends in la new york dallas like florida everywhere europe so it's like there's no way to make that work and did you guys do a first look or not so we got ready together we just totally mixed Stop. every single wedding thing because we had already a we were already married right right so this is a really special weekend for us that pulls all of the nerve wracking because like Gone. that would be what i would be so nervous about because again i'm like when i'm saying that i like travel for my birthday because i don't want right. everyone staring that's how it is like and everyone's so focused about how the guy's gonna react when he sees you for the first is time he crying is he not crying oh like god. oh my god is and then everyone break up he's not crying like, it's just so much right right yes i love that so we had a friday night welcome party super chill barbecue at a friend's house that they so willingly and graciously hosted for us. Saturday was, I had my bridal shower during the day. It was the only time I was going to have everyone around. It was the only really like bridey thing I did. Mm -hmm. um, and all the guys played golf. So it was like great, worked out wonderful. And then that night we had the country concert and rehearsal dinner that everyone was invited to. Cool. Unreal barbecue food, one giant long table for 80 people. What country concert was it? Our friend Dirks was amazing. Dirks Bentley. Dirks Bentley. Oh my God. I had the biggest crush on him when I was Did little. You? Yeah. His uh, little he, curly hair. His he life. doesn't have his, his curly hair anymore, right? He's a mountain man. He's got, I mean, he has still got curly hair a little bit, but he graciously, um, performed acoustic set with his, some of the guys in his band. Holy shit. So we danced the whole night. Had like my Versace dress on from the nineties and my cowboy boots. Like it was so fun. It's such a vibe. It's such a vibe. And so, but we danced for three hours. Like who could dance more than that? Like that's a lot of dancing. Um, and so then we had a Sunday day wedding, 12 o'clock. We had a little bit of the church service included in our wedding ceremony. Mm -hmm. And then we had a one o'clock brunch. It was over by five. We had a cake and then it was done as mm -hmm. the sun was setting. And then everyone went home. That's great. Unbelievable. So because the party was the night before, the day, everyone yeah. left after the ceremony. Yeah, the, the ceremony and the brunch. That's great. So it was a Sunday brunch we had, which is my favorite food. They have unbelievable Totally, food. right. And then we had cake and then the whole thing wrapped at like 5.30. So some people, it was a Sunday. So some people had to go back to work. Some people had to go home. Some people played golf in their suits. 
<laughs> like we went Naturally. back and we watched. It was actually, it was the first day of the NFL season. And so I knew a lot of guys were going to be very unhappy that I had a wedding on a Sunday. <laughs> and so we went down to the late club after everyone changed into their sweatpants, the people that were still there. So maybe 30 out of the 80 of us. And I had a really cool custom, like all white sweatsuit, custom Air Force So cool. Stuff. Having pizza, watching Sunday night football. So can you talk on air about the wedding gloves? So the when I was, gloves. when I was getting dressed this morning and I put this outfit on, yeah. I was like, put, you know, cause it covers up my hands. I was like, right. oh my God, this is so funny that I'm wearing this. And I know about this, this whole wedding glove debacle. Are you comfortable talking about it? I am. Okay. Um, so. And and you don't have to call the brand out. Like, okay. I just think there aren't enough conversations around intellectual property of influencers who work with brands. And so I just think this is like a platform to talk about what that looks like and like the boundaries that are around that. Yeah, it's such a great point because there, I think, are no boundaries, which is like it's the Wild West, especially when it comes to influencers and brand relations, especially when you have things like a wedding because it's so personal to you but then it becomes also like a business if it's like a successful or a big viral moment. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so our wedding, because it was so unique to us, it drew a lot of attention in that regard. And we had like Mindy Weiss, who's the absolute legend of legends, plan our wedding. And so between like all of these things and very unique details, it kind of blew up on like Instagram and TikTok. And I had a lot of people all of a sudden sending me my wedding gloves, like, I don't even have followers on TikTok. I'm like not a TikToker. Describe what the them. wedding gloves look like. The wedding gloves, I had knew, known that I wanted for Sunday brunch. I was going to wear my Gali Lahav, my custom dress, and I wanted these gloves that were going to have our vows embroidered on them. So on one hand, it has like to have and to hold, and the other has to love and to cherish. But I wanted it to be fingerless, so you can see the ring, obviously, details. Makes sense. And but that was your idea. Yeah, I had it sketched. Right. And I was like, I need to find someone that can do this because Gali Lahav, who I asked originally, they're unbelievable. They don't do embroidery on their tool. It's mm. a separate entity. And also with COVID, this was like the height of COVID. They were in Europe. It was just a lot of logistical nightmare to try to figure that out. So I was like, okay, I wonder if I can find someone that could do that for me. So I go on Etsy, which was like my number one place for my wedding. I loved helping small businesses. We used a lot of them throughout our wedding and I found a girl that did gloves, but they were not really wedding gloves. So there's some of them were like opera length, but I could tell that she knew what she was doing. They were based in the UK. And so I had asked her, I sent her a picture and I said, this is what I'm looking to do. Do you think this is possible that you could help me fulfill this? And so we went back and forth about for maybe like three or four months with different prototypes on how she was making them because they were making them by hand. So it takes you know a long time. What kind of font did we want? I want all uppercase, not lowercase, not like first letter uppercase. Like I need it to look even. Um, and so we had finally, I saw the gloves after the third or fourth prototype. I'm like, that's it. That's the one done. Like I had paid for them and everything, but she had an Etsy shop. So I said, please don't like use anything because we have an exclusive with the magazine. Like we're keeping everything very hush hush. And, and were you willing to give her like, were you going to say like, were, these are custom Etsy gloves and like give her a shout out or like, yeah, I was okay. totally like, I love being able to help small businesses and tell them who they were mm -hmm. and all this. And most of them, most of the time they want to work with you, right? They're like, this is great. Like you brought us so many eyes. Yeah. Like page. you're going to be in, it was brides magazine. Brides. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like an exclusive with brides 
and it was on their Instagram, which is a couple million followers. Like for the bridal community, that was like a really large publication. For sure. Um, and then of course, like Mindy was reposting and we had the collective view, which is like the most amazing portrait. Oh my gosh, I can't say Portrait. Portrait. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he was taking all these unreal photos of us. And those images to me are so special because the gloves, like I had that vision in my head and I knew I needed to see it come to real life. Right, like came to life. I finally found them to real life. And then I found out, you know, the second I think our publication was put live, um, that she was selling the gloves, which she was calling the test gloves, which is great. Like, thanks for that, I guess. But with my photos, all my wedding photos, and then they were becoming like a viral hit obviously because of all the press and the publication on, you know, Instagram. So she, and this is like four brands. So this is your intellectual property. You were working with her to design them. And you even said, I'm going to do you a solid and say, this is where I got the gloves from. And she named the gloves after you used your photos without permission. And she's selling out of these gloves because of that and didn't give you any credit. Yes, not only credit, I think that when it becomes like that, like when you're launching something with someone's name, at that point, it's a collaboration. Totally. In terms of like emotional and... Monetary. Yeah, mo- money. <laughs> yeah. But when she just kind of took it all under her wing and said like, we never discussed a collaboration, like this is all, like you had nothing to do with this and kind of took it all on her own, that was like very off-putting to me, especially since... She didn't even have, like, I think an Instagram account at that time. It was just on Etsy. Like, it was a small little shop out of, like, countryside England. Um, Wow. And now when you go to, like, her bio, it's, like, the OG Vow gloves, and they're viral on TikTok and all these views. And I think her wedding got, like, 10 million views on TikTok, 10 million views on Instagram. The gloves are there. People ask me about them all the time. And then I have people send me messages being like, I just bought your gloves. Like, they're for my special day. I'm so excited. They're so gorgeous. Thank you so much. And it's like... (laughs) I just say, like, I'm so happy for you. You're going to look beautiful. Like, I hope you have the best day. But they think I have something to do with it, and I don't. That's really big of you. And, you know, because it's like, just don't be a piece of shit human. It's just so hard because it's like we talked about. I actually reached out to you. Like, like, what do I do? Mm -hmm. It would cost me more time, energy, and money to fight something, to maybe break even or, you know. But it's like all that energy could be focused on something else that's right and like we talked about that too but it's like the headaches and emotional turmoil that come with a lawsuit like you said it's like just not worth it and you know i am a believer that most people that do things like that without any thought like their karmic you know lesson it's gonna come back somehow we don't know how but right um so wasn't sheldon on a reality show he was okay and were you were you ever on the reality show with him no okay what show was that it was Wags LA. Oh, right, right, right. That was his past life. That was before he was sober. Okay. So, and, and like, have you guys gotten any other offers to do any reality TV? Oh my goodness, no. I don't even think I'd ever, even if I had an offer of like a billion dollars, I wouldn't even tell him about it. Because it's just like, his experience was not the most positive. And we're such private people in the way, also we don't do anything exciting. I don't drink. I don't go out. I stay at home. I cook dinner and we watch sports. Like that's the, that's the life. That's the life. But if you think about it, like that's kind of 
all that matters, you know, everything that matters. Right. And life is building a family. So with that though, what is it like living in Las Vegas and being sober now? Like we kind of touched on a little bit. And by the way, I think you're the third guest we've had here. That's fr- that lives in Las Vegas and is sober, which I find very interesting. That's so interesting. Like I feel I like meet your other sober five friends. years ago that wouldn't have happened. I'll take you. Um, one of them is um, one steakhouse in Virgin. Yes. My really good friend John O'Donnell that I traveled to Ireland with, and then um, Johnny Katz, who's the entertainment reporter at the RJ. He's also sober, and like we Crazy. all go to one, and like it's one of those things where again, like I have a glass of wine, but when I go and I'm hanging out with them, I just don't feel like that's how you know there's a societal pressure to do it because right. i just feel fine drinking water you know right. what i mean it's like having a glass of something in your hand is just it it can be water it could be you know like whatever mm-hmm. but just having it no one's really going to ask you a question right and now you're holding something have you seen that there's like zero proof alcohol no oh, i love that That's so like, do you do you do that i do yeah i love my non-alcoholic wine i there's so many avenues for it right because like women that are pregnant people that just like don't want to drink because for whatever reason they don't want to drink there's so many different options and now if you go into like total wine they have an entire aisle dedicated to non-alcohol so cool before it just used to be beer right i'm not really a big beer drinker so mm. it's not my thing but like they have wine and then they have companies like ritual doing tequila and hard spirits so it's like you have a whole option you That's can do awesome. whatever you want you're right and so you guys like enjoy like a non-alcoholic beverage at home yeah like, so it's like i cook and i love to have a glass of my non-alcoholic wine when i cook it's cool. just the thing and is there any it's brands fun. that you like for people who are like, I don't know, wanting to try sobriety? I yeah. love free wine, like F-R-E wine. Mm-hmm. If you go on Amazon and you Google non-alcoholic and then whatever you're looking for, I kid you not, there's probably 300 options. So cool. Like prime next day of so whatever free, you So free is one for wine. Is there uh-huh. anything else? Um, they have be free. There's a lot of like free ones. Um, that's another one of my favorite wines that to me, I always have to do a double take. I'm like, this is almost so accurate. Maybe I haven't drank in five years. I'm like, this is so close. It's probably. Not. I'll come over and taste test for you. For me. <laughs> but there's also all these companies that are doing their version, right? Like Heineken. If you, we were actually serving these at our wedding. They have like Heineken zero zeros and normal Heinekens. You cannot tell the difference. So cool. And people were drinking like six of the double zeros. And they're like, why am I not? I'm like, that's, you're drinking non-alcoholic. And these are people like not sober. They're like, oh my gosh, it tastes the same. They're like, I've had eight of these. I've had eight and I feel nothing. <laughs> Um, and so, and you guys travel a lot. I saw that you, and you've, you've been to the house in Idaho and you guys spent the summer there, right? Yeah. Um, where, like how important is travel to you? We love it. Mm-hmm. Sheldon always traveled, I mean, from his job all across North America and Canada. So he's like very well traveled here. My family being, you know, from Germany, my extended family is all in Europe. I'm first generation American. So I grew up being like two years old on 14 hour flights. Like that's just what I remember and what I know. Mm-hmm. So that's just part of who I am. I just know traveling back and forth, like that's it. So we love traveling. I think it's our favorite thing to do together because you don't need to drink. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're you're, around everything that's new. Everything's exciting. And that's one of the things. And and I think I took this first trip on Thanksgiving and I must've been like 24 years old, but I went to Thailand and I did yacht week. And like, I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but it was just like, everybody was getting hammered and like i said like i come from you know a household where alcohol was abused and like and and i would wake up and feel really guilty and shitty because right. i'm like what look how beautiful this place is and i and there's people on this boat that aren't going to remember Anything. shit about this trip and so like yeah. i think it was probably the third day where i was like 
that's it. Like, and it was just people that were, you know, I was 24, 23 or something. And I can't remember. Um, but I was the only person that was like, no, I need a break. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So what's your favorite place that you've been to? We went to Belize this past year, which was unbelievable. Unbelievable. You better believe it. (laughs) They love that. Um, but one of our friends is like starting this development down there. And as a wedding gift, he, and um invited us and said we could bring like one of our couple friends and it was in the stage of pre-development so it was basically like they had a few parts of the island developed but it was a private island with four friends unreal and we had like the you know like when you go on a safari those crazy tents that they have set up for you but there's like a full bed and ac and the shower and that kind of stuff unreal we had those on the beach it was the craziest experience. It was so fun. You know, your pictures looked just epic. I felt like Beyonce for three days. I'm like, <laughs> is this how she feels every day? This just like wild. your own private island. Yeah, it was a crazy experience. Is it developed now? Like, can, They're can, starting to can normal it. people go? <laughs> they think it's going to be done, I think, one and a half to two years. Cool. But it's go- actually going to be the first overwater bungalows in North America. So you don't have to go to like Bali or Bora Bora, right? It's like a little bit closer which will be really exciting did they use you for like marketing photos or anything because no, they didn't even have social media or their website yet Stop. it's so pre-development so you did um was it miami swim week i've done that so many times oh, i love yeah. miami swim week oh my god yeah. and so talk about what that experience is like do you still get nervous if how many times have you done it i think last year is my fifth year oh my god you still get nervous no not nervous love doing it sober very mm. more tiring sober obviously um so you've done it not sober before i was working yeah exactly Mm -hmm. i did it before i was sober but just to be able to like show up and work and do the things that you want to do feeling and looking your best is so nice especially when everyone around you is might not be all the time or like we'll be out late and then they're like oh i'm so tired i'm so hungover and they're like trying to look good like you have to physically look good some people can get away with it and it's perfect I was not one of those people. I'm, I'm not either. Like, I, like I, I did troll not wake up. Like, I, like, no, I, it was rough. Yeah. And so it's nice to be able to feel your best going into that. And what um, swimwear line just has been your, like, what swimwear line do you like the most that you've worked for? I love, like, Beach Bunny. They're classic. Mm-hmm. Um, they're Miami brand. And so being in Miami for, you know, six or seven days, you're not just doing shows, you're working with brands, you're doing collaborations, you're going to events, like the... Sports Illustrated and Maxim events. So there are always these big things tightened like six or seven days. Wow. So it's like, go, 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 go. And then you're like, okay, I'm good for like six months. Totally. You know? Yeah. That sounds like it just can, like, it sounds like Vegas. I mean, Miami is a little bit like Vegas and that can be very exhausting. What was it like when you, um, when they told you you're going to be in Maxim, like what, what, what did that process look like? How was that for you? That was actually a crazy process because I'm very much like, uh, in belief of like, if you want something, go get it kind of a thing. Totally. So this was during COVID when no one was leaving their house. This was like stage one COVID when we just stayed at home and no one did anything remotely exciting. Um, and so I had always wanted to work with Maxim and I wanted to do a shoot that had to be outside because of COVID. There was not doing any indoor shoots. And this was like the fourth or fifth month. So I was getting angsty. I was like, I need to do something. I'm losing my mind. And so I had wanted to do the idea of like bringing a gym in the middle of the desert, like, you know, on the drive to LA from Vegas. And I was like, if you did an outdoor shoot here, but it looked like it was a gym, but you're in the middle of the desert, that could be pretty cool. So I like, I hired everyone, got the people that I want to work with, the photographer, hair, makeup, stylist, whole nine yards. And I was like, I want to do the shoot. Everyone loved the concept. And I was like, I want to pitch it to Maxim. 
So we did. That's so cool. That's what I, I was just thinking. I'm like, wait, you can pick your own concept, but like for this, you pitched it. I picked it. So I directed cool. it. I did it all. I knew exactly the vision that I wanted to do. And so I put it all together and then pitched it to Maxim. And of course, everyone at that point was so content hungry because no one had content because no one was doing anything. So that was also the shift that I saw that instead of typically like my agency would be like, hey, you're going to this studio shooting for this brand on this day, right? X, Y, Z. Now it was, hey, this brand wants to know if they can send you their products directly to shoot from home that they can use on their social media. Because it was such a different time for totally. like the fashion industry. It mm -hmm. wasn't, it was like directly brand to consumer through social media. Right. And so I think a lot of creators got to take a lot more power into their hands. And so that was super interesting to see because I saw that firsthand with Maxim. Mm -hmm. And what do you do? And this is actually like, I asked people on Instagram, like what they'd want me to ask. And this was my next question anyway, is like tips for staying red carpet ready all the time. But I, I imagine that can translate to a shoot. Like, is there anything that you do to get ready for a big shoot like that or a big red carpet event? I definitely do. Okay. So I have like my normal routine, which is like, I go to a lymphatic like once a month, right? We I had do. Rena on the podcast. She's, She's the amazing. best. <laughs> my witch sorcerer friend see exactly it's a thing mm -hmm. and i always like work out obviously i don't drink so i'm not like worried about being you know xyz but um i up my workout routine i change my diet like i'm more strict with it and up my water intake and then see reina the holy grail of she's the best like it's unbelievable and that was actually i think that's our is that our most downloaded episode do you remember yeah reina's is because i mean every time i do the before and afters people are like okay how many sessions was this i'm like it was one people session like, what surgery did you get I'm like, are you kidding <laughs> because it does it's look like that power. it's like inches it's crazy so she had been my experience with lymphatic started back like because i knew it in la People were doing this all the time there. I found an amazing girl from Brazil who knew what she was doing. The first time I met her, she like didn't speak English. Now her name is Rebecca. Now she's doing like Hailey Bieber, the Kardashians. She does everyone. I've right? seen her on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So I met her the first week she moved from Brazil to LA. Wow. Like now she's like fluent in English, thriving business. Like I'm so happy for her because she accomplished like exactly what she wanted to. That's so cool. And when I was looking in Vegas, I'm like, I wonder if I can find some place like this here. Cause when you move, you have to find all your people again. And then all of a sudden I see like Raina, I'm like, oh, this girl's good. I see her before and afters. I'm like, it looks like she knows what she's doing. Totally. So the very first time that I met Raina, mm -hmm. she was still working out of her house. She was like in a transition time. This was three years ago. And I was like, okay, this is a little weird. But she was so good and her results were like addicting. Right. right. Where you're like, I have to come back because I feel so good. Like detox, you feel better. You don't feel sluggish. Like I just feel like if I went in as a five, I come out feeling like, a nine or a ten Love you know that. what i mean mm -hmm. feels so good and she's become like one of my closest friends it's like therapy it's all in one i know you we know? have some like crazy conversations on the, the table so you do lymphatic drainage what else um if it's a really big event like swim week will always tan you um either the day before or the morning of a show and so like bikinis there's a lot going on what kind of self tanner do they use Those spray tans spray tans yeah and they're spraying you like and all the girls in a show so everyone's like the same color you know sometimes there's a lot of variation and so the designers will obviously kind of pick that and work with the people that they know and that they love um i love getting my facials i do like that whole it's all tied in together it's mm -hmm. like how you feel your best um shout out to sakara med spa shout out to sakara <laughs> and then working out you know my trainer kevin that it just gets way amplified if i have like a big shoot or something you know i train six days a week totally. and 
the workouts are different. And so what's your morning routine like? Like what do you eat on a daily basis? Are there any like vitamins or supplements you can't live without? So I'm definitely like an early bird. Um, I could wake up at like six, seven o'clock any hour or any other day of the week, no matter how late I stay up. I also love being at home, but staying up late and like being creative or like watching movies and stuff like that's my happy time. Mm-hmm. My husband's asleep. I have the whole house. Like I can, you know, do things that it sounds like we have the same circadian rhythm. Cause I'm yes. like that too. It's like, I'll be up until like one or two o'clock in the morning. And then I still get up at seven for, exactly. for work, like for just six hours of sleep. No is okay. alarm ever needed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then in the morning, like have my coffee, we chill, watch the news, you know, shower, get ready, go work out. And that's like kind of my day. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have like, I don't really do the whole gratitude list, like on pen to paper, but I, you know, have thoughts like whatever I'm in the shower. I think of like, what are my intentions for the day? What do I have to do? Um, what it, are things that I'm like grateful for? And just like a quick one, two, three, you know, it makes such a big difference. It does. And like, I mean, I still do the gratitude journal and I, this morning actually I was filling mine out and it's like on this day, four years ago, and it was my gratitude journal from that's how long I've been doing it. Oh my gosh. Um, so you're like a OG for sure. Girl. And like, and it was the, when I found out there was an app, it was a game changer. And I actually yeah. like emailed all my employees and I was like, for every person that downloads this, because it's like five bucks a month, I'm like, I'll pay for the app. And then you also wow. get like a $50 Starbucks gift card, there you know, you just to like encourage Incentives. people to do it. Yeah. And a crazy story is like this kid, um, I won't say his name, but he was working for me and like, you, he was just going through it. Like he right. ended up quitting because he had just some, some mental things happening, like just depression and anxiety and everything. He texted me, I think it was probably six months ago. And he's like, so imagine it's like four years later and he's like, Hey, like, I just, you know, wanted to reach out and let you know that I finally, like four years later, downloaded the five minute journal app that you were trying to make me download. And it took 30 days, but I see such a big difference. And my anxiety, I, of course I was crying. Right. Like, I'm like, thank you so much for texting me. But like, it just, it's so crazy how big of a difference it makes to just list out three things that like you are grateful for and then also the next prompt is like three things that you're going to do to make your day great yes because it makes you already it programs your mind to be like i'm gonna i get to do those things not like i have to do those things yeah um and then the game changer it's the game changer and then the app too you're able to upload a photo of the day and it makes you as you go through your day it makes you start looking for things that you wouldn't normally like you're grateful for. grateful for so yeah. it's mine's usually like when i'm on a walk with xena and i'm like outside or yeah you know just some, something cool that happens throughout the day so i love, I love that you that. do that mm-hmm. yeah they actually do that at treatment when you wake up you have like your intention of the day so it's like my intention you set three things whatever they are and then at night like i'm grateful for and so like that's kind of just how i like start and cap my day mm-hmm. and you feel like that makes just a positive impact on the rest of your day it does well like it gets you organized so you know like what i'm a very productive person so it's like i like to know what's happening i'm a virgo i'm german it's just like type a as it gets and so that to me like it really sets my structure up and i'm a person that needs structure and then at the end i'm like okay i've done all the things i need to do here's what happened here's what i'm grateful for and i just feel like it really rounds out your days into being more well-rounded totally and then what are some like what are your like do you do like celery juice or what kind of like vitamins and supplements do you like i so can't I do the celery juice although i've never found a juicer that's just like easy to clean not stressful you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. always just so much um and so i love celery juice love smoothies like huge smoothie girl but in terms of like supplements and stuff i don't really have too many 
just because we are, I told you this, right? We're trying to like expand our family. And so we have a whole nother side of like, you know, CoQ10, multivitamins, like all this fertility based stuff. That's not, that's just like so targeted towards that, that I really just try to be as like wholesome as possible everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Cause it can be so overwhelming that small portion of it. Um, I guess with any like supplements in general, it's so easy to like go in GNC and be like, wow, I need one of everything. Totally. I'm sick. I don't have all these things. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That you feel like there's so many options. You're almost overwhelmed by it. I do that like mind body connection thing too. When I'm like working out, like if you're targeting a certain muscle group, they say that you're supposed to think about the muscle group that you're working on and that will like help make the connection. Yes. And so I'll do that. And this sounds so silly, but in the mornings, if I'm taking my vitamins, I will ask Alexa, what the benefits of like what I'm putting into my body are. And it just like, I'm like, okay, great. Like, that's really cool. That's going to help my like cognitive memory function or whatever. Right. Just to like, it almost like reinforces that you're doing something good for yourself. Otherwise it just seems like you kind of like have to do it, you know? Right. Otherwise I feel like when you're passionate about something and you're interested into why like your body's working a certain way or like if it could be working better, then you want to know all the little things to go with it, right? And then right. it makes taking them more enjoyable because you know why or what the benefit is. Mm-hmm. And so what about your, like the wellness with testing? Are there like food programs and things that you do? So I typically work with people one-on-one um, that are trying, I actually work with like a lot of young girls that are trying to figure out like the sobriety balance because it's so hard being you know, like 19 or 20 living on your own in a city like New York or LA. Like you want to be with friends but you don't want everything to revolve around alcohol. Like how do you fit in and how does that work? So that's a really tricky balance, especially since when you are young and in a city, everything is centered around alcohol for the most part. And so it's like such a hard place to be, I think. So what are some like tips around that, that you, that like circumvent that, or is it more of just like focusing on like what is happening for you on the inside? I think a big part of me, cause I need community, some type of like feeling like where I belong, you know, is finding people like working out, finding classes or things of that nature that is not centered around drinking, going out, partying Mm -hmm. or something like that you'd be passionate in. Like when I was younger, how many extracurricular activities did you do? A ton. Everything. And then when we're adults, we don't do anything. And that's such a good tip. And that's what like, you know, I was a cheerleader growing up and like, I was very good at it. It made me happy. Right. Um, And so I just, I posted on my Instagram, like, does anyone know of like any good, like adult tumbling gyms? And I would go with you a hundred percent. Really? Because all my skills came back really quick, but this woman reached out. She's like, you do realize we're like in the Cirque capital of the world. Right. Like there's, there's acrobatic gyms everywhere. I'm like, right. I didn't even think about that. I was just Googling like cheerleading gyms and it's like, or, you know, going to a golf lesson and things like that. Right. Like that's, that's so funny. And I just don't mean that connection, but I did those things when I was doing sober October. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. You find things that like bring you joy that fill up your time and that just makes you feel better anyways. So again, when I got sober, I learned a lot of new skills, golf being one of them, never saw a golf club in my life, even though it can be centered around drinking you know, people at tournaments and stuff. It's not something that you have to do. It's not something professionally that's done. So it's been so fun to learn something new, be outside, have a great time. And so those are what I encourage like younger girls those are the same thing. Yeah. Those are really good tips. And I feel like everybody, it's like, what are the things that made you happy when, when you, you were, were a kid, when you were that's a kid, what it's all about. It's like going back to when you were like a kid, what brought you joy? Mm-hmm. And that's also like why I will start writing too. Cause I'm like, that was another thing. Yes. And that's changed so much. Cause you used to like write down in a journal, but now right. we have computers. So it's just like updating 
you know, that process with like how, what happens when you're older, you know, it's a thing. I still write pen to paper sometimes. Yeah. That feels, that can feel really like therapeutic. It really is. And it's like, some people are like, well, what do I like? How do I start this off? And so actually one of my girlfriends gala has like writing prompts that she like just posted and they're like, wild um like just things that'll just start you off like how did this thing make me feel or today i feel like and then it just kind of just goes from there so that's great yeah that's what i do i do pen paper when i'm going through something i need to work through it because my mind works so much faster than anything else that i know that i need to like slow down and really know how i feel about something before i go like zero to 100 people don't do that enough they don't like process through what's happening like we kind of this full circle now so we talked about that at the beginning of the conversation but I feel like there's so many things that people can distract themselves with sober or not you right. know that um just really focusing on what's happening for you it's like adults don't do that enough these days you know just to like go back to sitting with yourself and your thoughts it can be a daunting thing exactly yeah um okay so tell everybody where they can find you Basically, Instagram, Twitter, anything at Tessanique is my handle for all of the above um, and my website, which is Tessanique.com. Perfect. This was such an enlightening, fun conversation. I, I think you've you got, so I know I missed you too. This is like our, catch our catch up, up time <laughs> with, with headphones on, but thank you so much for coming on. This is going to be a great segment. Love you.